Welcome back everyone and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Coffee Break Show. I'm your host Kwan Chu and in today's episode we'll be discussing the common mistakes when it comes to content creation and how it's not always the gear that makes the content. And I want to state this now, all of this is coming from my personal experience and as well as things that I picked up along the way. So hopefully y'all find this interesting and helpful, so let's not waste more time and roll the intro. Okay, so if you happen to be new to Coffee Break Show and are an audio listener, I just wanted to share that there is a video component over on my YouTube channel. It is where I make anime and manga related content as well as these content creation themed videos like this one. Just search for Fun for True over on YouTube. So be sure to subscribe and tap that bell to get notified for more content like this. And real quick before we begin, I also have another announcement that I want to make and that is that this show is now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other major podcast services of your choice, which I have to say is insanely cool and a lot easier than Adobe. That is probably because I am using Anchor to host this show, but more on that later. Okay, enough the plugs and let's get on with the show. So the first topic of the show that I want to talk about today are the common mistakes when it comes to content creation. And I'll be honest, I've personally made these mistakes myself and learned a great deal about them. Now, this isn't going to be a show where I tell you what you're doing wrong or what you should be doing. I just want to have an open discussion on why we make these mistakes and what are the thought process behind them if that makes sense. Now I also know that I'm not a big name content creator or filmmaker and I don't have millions of views or subscribers so take what I say with a grain of salt. However, I do think that's okay because I am at a lower level. I feel like what I'll say will be a bit more relatable to those who are just starting out and what I'll be sharing is relatively recent and you've probably experienced the same thing actually. So the first common mistake that I think a lot of people make is that they think it's all about the gear and the camera they use to record. Now this is kinda true to a degree, however that doesn't mean you need to limit yourself to cheaper stuff as well, there is a balance. To be honest, I think I made a lot of regrettable purchases because of this. Sure, it's great to record with a nice DSLR, but it's not all that necessary, especially for YouTube. What I'm saying is that just don't go out and buy a $700 or $1000 camera, but also don't just buy a bunch of cheap entry level gear all at the same time. That is still a lot of money to spend right off the bat. And chances are, if you do like making videos and want to grow farther, then those entry level gear can actually hold you back as there's no room for upgradability and you might end up not using them anymore. 
That's kind of what happened to me, actually. It's best if you can to use what you have for now, like your smartphone, and maybe buy a decent mic for better audio quality. I know there are a lot of caveats to this, and they do sound a little contradictory to one another. But hopefully, what I say will make sense in the end. Again, it's all about balance. Generally, if you're doing mostly vlogs or floating headshots, any smartern, smartern, any modern smartphone will work. iPhone, Samsung, Google Pixels, or any Android phones will get the job done. At this point, most of them will have decent quality cameras on them, and you only really need to be able to record in 1080p in a decent lighting environment to start out. Now, I'm pretty flexible when it comes to Android versus Apple, and I've owned both devices in the past and like them both for specific reasons. So I'm definitely not gonna go into the whole Apple versus Android debate, but maybe another time if you guys are interested, because that is a whole other topic in my opinion. Anyway, I know technically, if you're using your phone, you've already spent like seven hundred to a thousand dollar, depending on what you have. I'm just saying, just don't spend another seven hundred to a thousand dollar for a camera when starting out, and that is because you don't necessarily know if you even like making videos yet. Which leads me to say that early on, I think I did spend too much money on beginner level gear straight off the bat, and I kind of regret that decision if I were to look back on it right now. I did what many people would do in YouTube: how to start a YouTube channel, what's the best camera to use, and what's the best mic, and so on and so forth. And when I realized, damn, I couldn't afford a Canon ADD or a Pro mic, that I end up just searching what's the best gear for beginners, and what generally comes up are stuff like the Blue Snowball Ice, Zoom H1, the Logitech webcam, and anything along those lines. Which I'll be honest, I bought all of these and don't really use them anymore. Now I'm not saying that they suck; they are good products to use when starting out, but they do have their own limitations. Sure, I used them in my earlier videos, but I end up just selling it off because I didn't really use them as much as I thought I would. And when you sell stuff, you generally take a loss on them, unfortunately. Currently, right now, I'm using the Panasonic G7, which can record in 4K, and I invested in a nice wide-angle lens and shotgun mic. But it did take me some time to build up to it. But more on that a little later. First, I just want to go into some quick details on the entry-level gear that I bought in the past and why I don't use them anymore, and generally have sold them off by now. It's not to say that these items are bad and maybe they'll work for you, but for me, I have my own reasons, and here what they are right now. Okay, first let's just talk about some basic camera gear and some editing techniques briefly. Now, one of the first main camera I used early on was the very popular Logitech C920 webcam. It is still good for some game streaming and recording close-ups of your face. It is also good for video podcasting as well. But what it is generally not good for is when you want to capture a bit of a wider shot that isn't just limited to your head. 
color-wise, it wasn't so great, and the picture quality was a little washed out. Plus, with the video compression, you couldn't really do smooth b-roll or any other type of shots with it. I guess you wouldn't use a webcam for those more videography or videography, videography and cinematic type stuff anyway. Still, if you were just looking to film yourself and then later want to experiment with other type of shots, you may have to buy another camera. Now, I still have it because maybe I'll do some basic streaming stuff someday or use it for Skype calls or something along those lines. Also, at some point, I did pick up a basic Sony point-and-shoot along the way and use that for some time. I think I bought it from a second-hand store and later sold it on eBay for a $20 profit, actually. It was good, but eventually I just wanted something more. Now, when I first started YouTube, I used a Samsung Galaxy S3. Sure, compared to today's cameras, it doesn't even compete. But it was passable at the time, and with the right color grading and color correction, it didn't look half bad. Though I did make another mistake by trying to color grade and color correct on a poorly calibrated laptop screen at the time, because that was what I had. I didn't really know what I was doing, so my very early videos did come out a little overly saturated and the colors went a bit overboard. You can look at it over on my YouTube channel and watch that, I guess. it's. I warn you, those are like very beginner level gear and I was still learning at time, so cut me some slack. When you first try editing your footage, don't try to make your videos look cinematic right off the bat. Not until you get more experience. I highly recommend doing that. Maybe just stick to the basics like fixing the brightness and contrast. Just don't go too overboard and just do the first thing that you YouTube online. In a future episode, I'll make another podcast episode about editing what software I use and the color grading and color correcting techniques that I do. But for now, just stick to simple stuff and try to plan out your content the best you can. I think that's the most important takeaway from all of this. If you spend more time just focusing on the quality of the content by scripting and planning out your videos, I can guarantee your videos will become 10 times better than trying to record a video on a nice DSLR unscripted. It wasn't until my most recent content and reviews that I started scripting, planning, and even storyboarding out my videos. Lately, at least in my opinion, my review videos and even my unboxing videos have turned out more concise and on topic with better pacing. And that's all because I scripted and storyboarded my content out. Now, I can go on and on about cameras, but I want to cover some audio stuff as well in this podcast episode. So if you want more content about cameras, editing software, and editing techniques, let me know in the comments down below if you're viewing this episode over on YouTube or hit me up on Twitter at FunVichu and use the hashtag TheCoffeeBreakShow or hashtag TCBS, I guess, if you run out of characters. 
Now, before we move on to the next topic of the show, here is a quick plug from today's sponsor of the Coffee Break Show, and that is Anchor. To which that is what I'm actually using right now. Hey guys, it's Kwani, and I just want to take a brief moment to tell you guys about Anchor. What is Anchor, you might ask? Well, let me tell you, Anchor makes it super easy to host and distribute your podcast. No extra gears needed. You can podcast straight from your phone via the app. Their creation tools allows you to record and edit your podcast from anywhere, yet still sounding super clear. And if you happen to have the gear, you can still use Anchor to host and upload your podcast straight from your computer. And that is actually what I'm using right now. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free. Yes, for free. There's no catch. You can still own your content, which is really cool. You can learn more by just searching their terms and services, as well as there is an open interview they did with the Vergecast. Anyway, they will create a custom RSS feed and distribute your podcast to all major podcast services like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and many more. Not only that, you can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. You can download the Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Links will be down below in the description or in the keynote. Okay, we're back. Hopefully, that ad wasn't too bad. I wasn't sure if I want to do that, but let's just do it for the experience, I guess. Just let me know if you guys hate hearing ads or something, and I'll try to think. A better way to transition, or maybe just take ads out of it in general. Anyway, let's get back to what I was talking about earlier, and that is audio. I just want to spend a brief moment talking about that real quick. I know that many creators will say that the general public can tolerate bad videos. However, what the viewer can't tolerate is poor audio quality, and that people will generally click away almost. Instantly, if they hear a bad-sounding video, or at least something to that degree, and I actually wholeheartedly agree with this statement, and that's probably why I spent more money on microphones than I should have. Okay, the first external microphone I bought and actually did make a old review video about was actually the Blue Snowball Ice. It is definitely better than what is on your camera or phone, but you have to speak pretty close to it. It picks up a lot of mouth noises. I mean, you can set up so that you can speak like two or three feet away from it, but it doesn't really catch the full range of your voice, in my opinion. It is still a very popular beginner's mic for game streaming. However, it just picks up a lot of reverbs, and you just don't get the same noise isolation that you would generally get from a dynamic microphone. It is. However, just thirty to forty dollars, though, and it might work for you for now. It is just limited to a USB connection, and what you can do with it in the end. I did end up selling mine and eventually upgraded to a better microphone. Now I know I'm not going to too much detail, but you can search for full reviews on YouTube, and I actually recommend the Podcasters channel for all your microphone needs. It is an amazing YouTube channel that does a bunch of microphone reviews and testing, and gives you a lot of great information. But for now, these are just the general stuff that I experience and why I find myself not using it anymore. Okay, another audio gear that I bought was a used Zoom H1. I actually bought it on eBay for a decent price. 
I think I only spent around $50 or so and for a new Zoom H1 it is I think going for $100. Now the Zoom H1 is a good audio recorder. It's portable and the sound quality is pretty good. You can even add a laugh mic or add a windscreen to it and use it as an interview microphone as well. I just didn't really use it as much as I thought I would. I still have it as a backup mic for traveling, which I guess I don't really do much of. So I haven't decided if I want to keep it or sell it. Another mic that I actually bought and used a great deal of was the Audio-Technica AT2100. It is a USB dynamic microphone, but it had the capability of connecting a XLR cable to it. You still have to speak pretty close to it, but it was great for podcasting and was what I used for the re-animated podcast, RIP, from way back when in, I guess, 2016 by now? Wow, that is actually a long time. <laughs> anyway, it was an international podcast group where we talked about anime and video games, but I want to save that uh, story for later for a future episode because I think I could bring in my former host and we can have a really good informative discussion about it and what we learned from it. Anyway, if you wanted to use the Audio-Technica AT2100 and wanted to shoot yourself with that microphone but have that mic be out of frame, it wasn't really meant for that. Generally, I would recommend this microphone for beginner podcasting and voiceover like this one. Just not so much for those video or cinematic type stuff unless you don't mind having it in your shots as you record yourself speaking and syncing the audio later. In general, if you use an external source, you do have to take an extra step to sync your audio to your video and I hated doing that because sometimes things don't match up the way they should or things get out of sync and yeah, it is a lot of troubleshooting that gets involved if things goes a bit wonky. Anyway, it is quite time consuming and stressful when you have to troubleshoot issues relating to audio. And also sometimes you, in this case me, can forget to hit the record button and you do have to do another re-recording because of this. The audio from your video footage may not sound so great or good. Anyway, I didn't like syncing my audio. So I had to find another alternative to which is what led me to purchasing the Rode Video Micro for my video footage when I record myself. Sure, it isn't the best compared to having a mic closer to your mouth, but I would easily trade it for the convenience and a B plus in terms of sound quality than having to deal with bit rates and syncing issues as well as accidentally not recording sound because legit, I can guarantee that this will happen to you more than once. Now, I just recently bought an even more pro-like mic to plug into my camera, which is still a shotgun mic. It is the Rode VideoMic Pro Plus, which is a detachable shotgun mic for your camera and DSLRs. I can't really say too much about it right now since I haven't really use it all that much yet, but it's definitely another huge improvement in my video or filmmaking gear. 
I actually sold some of my other gear that I don't use anymore just so that I could buy this mic. It was an open box item on eBay, so I got it for a decent price as well. I guess another tip would be that it is okay to buy video and audio gear used on eBay. Just make sure that you do a good amount of research and try to buy from vendors that have actual pictures of the item in its condition, not those stock photos that they grab from the website or on Google. Anyway, so what's the takeaway from all of this? I guess it's been 3 years since I started making videos and along the way I made several purchases and upgrades. Right now, I'm using the Panasonic G7. It is a pretty entry level micro four thirds DSLR, which is able to record in 4K in 30 frames per second. I also invested in some nice wide angle lens and a vintage 50mm lens to get those super shallow depth of field shots and that bokeh as well. Not only that, I also bought external audio source for better sound quality. Now, I'm not trying to brag or anything and I definitely feel self-conscious when I speak about what kind of stuff that I bought and used because to be honest, I don't really make that many videos but I do enjoy making uh, the best quality video that I can. It isn't to say that I didn't work hard for them. It did take me some time to save up all of this and I do work a full-time job which is super unrelated to uh, filmmaking or making videos or producing. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent right now. What I'm trying to say is that I did a lot of research as well as going back and forth on other cameras and trying to find the gear that fitted my need for a certain price point. And it's just all about balance on how much you're willing to spend and what kind of gear you do end up picking and buying. But if I were to do this all over again, I will say that I wish I didn't spend so much money early on on those entry level gear that I mentioned earlier because in the end I just ended up selling them off at a loss just so I can buy the stuff that I eventually wanted. Maybe I would have just stuck to using my iPhone 7 that I upgraded after my Galaxy S3 and connected a Rode VideoMic Micro to go with it that I got later and I think that would have been passable at the time and would have saved me a lot more money in the long run. So I think that's it for this episode. I think we went for a good amount of time talking about the mistakes when making YouTube videos or any content creation type stuff. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Coffee Break Show. So if you like this podcast, please give it an awesome review over on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast services of your choice. But also check out the Anchor app. I am using Anchor to host this show and it is how I'm able to make this show happen and available to you guys, the listeners. I want to make this podcast a bi-weekly thing so your support will be greatly appreciated. And if you're watching the video version over on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash like this video if you liked it, leave a comment on what you want to see me talk about next, subscribe and tap that bell to stay updated, and if you're interested, please check out my website funfuture.com and my Patreon for some extra content and merch. All the links will be down below in the description. That would be greatly appreciated. 
As always, you can catch me on all the social media. I'm at Fun For Two, and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye. Uh, I hope you don't hear that because my stomach goes growling.